All right, hello and welcome back to the Sticks Golf Tournament Recap Show. What a week of golf we had with Rory McIlroy shooting 62 with two missed putts inside three feet, 29 on the front nine, a match 25, 29 on the front nine by Justin Thomas, Justin Rose almost shoots 59, and the first live event was this week in London. So tons to talk about. Um, so yeah, hope you guys enjoy and let's get to the pod. Hello and welcome back to the Sticks Golf Tournament Recap Show. Uh, what a fucking week. That back nine was absolutely awesome. I mean, I know Canada is, you know, kind of the, the stepbrother to America. I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, yeah, but, but that was awesome. I mean, I, I, Canadian I, Open. Canadian Open, I, I would say that that back nine of the Canadian Open holds a candle to every single PGA Tour events happening this, this year. I mean, the final group, the uh, the lowest score was six under par, even with uh, Justin Thomas's bogey coming down 18. Rory just stayed ahead of every single guy that was trying to chase him down. I thought it was an amazing, amazing week of golf. It was a, uh, you know, I as you know, Tom, and uh, I, I didn't get a chance to see it. I was at a golf, I was playing in a golf tournament uh, and didn't get a chance to see it, but saw the highlights and all the storylines afterward. And Canadian Open delivers, man. It has a great history. and. I just kept thinking, what an absolute dream scenario this was for Jay Monahan after the week he's been. It really through. was. It after totally all the controversy was. and all the noise from Liv, he gets to have Rory and JT battling it out down the stretch on Sunday. I mean, he had to be happy as a clam. Those are the two, because those are maybe the two biggest stars for him right now, his biggest horses. Um, and they, and they've, and they've both been, they've both been really steadfast and consistent in their messaging that they're against live their, their loyalties to the tour. Um, you know, they're like his guys, they're his guys that have held that had his back through all this. I know we're going to have some time to talk about kind of the live and PJ tour controversy, but before that, I want to give a lot of credit to some guys that played some awesome golf on Sunday this past week, which would be uh, Justin Rose, first off. I mean, I have not really watched somebody really close to shooting 59 in a while. I mean, it's been a minute. I mean, I, th- I think the last person to do it was Justin Thomas, I think. I think there's uh, been one since then, but yeah. there one since then, but like, but like, it was it was awesome because I mean he, and his scorecard was a fucking Christmas tree of shit. <laughs> I mean it was two bogeys, couple of eagles, bunch of birdies. It was crazy. But three eagles, stuff, right? Uh, I think it was two. It may have been I think two. it was three eagles and three bogeys. It, it may have been. It, it may have been. I, I again I watched the last twelve holes. So you know, but but watching somebody that like with the nerve. I mean, look, I don't care how good at golf you are. Fifty nine is a magic number whether you are a professional golfer on the PGA tour or you're a professional golfer on the mini tours, or you're just a guy at home trying to break your course record, 59 is a magic number. And he 
was 11 under on a par 70 through 15 holes and then made a bogey, then made another birdie on 17 to get back to 11. And then he's sitting in just like kind of the semi rough on 18. And the second he hit it, it was just like, fuck man, that ball went (laughs) 45 yards further than he thought it was going to just complete jumper, just way back, ended up in the grandstand to a front flag hit what I thought was a pretty decent pitch that just ended up, you know, 25 feet left, just kind of snapped off the ridge and he made a great putt at it and just ended up shooting 60 and 60 is nothing to sniff at. <laughs> no. And I wonder how many guys have posted a, a 60 with bogey in two of the last three holes. That's pretty wild. And usually, you know, most 59s we've seen over the years, they require a birdie on the last hole. Like I feel like the ones that I can kind of vaguely remember in my mind, like, the guys are dropping a 10 to 20 footer on the last hole for birdie to shoot 59. All he had to do was make a par. And uh, but the, and, the last two holes at uh, it's like St. St. Something St. George's St. George's. I mean, the, the last two holes, St. George's are fucking no cakewalk. I, mean, I know too hard. They probably the two hardest golf course golf holes on the golf course. If we're yeah. being honest, I mean, like when you get down to it. Um, so Shout out to Justin Thomas for or Justin Rose for giving us some some serious fireworks down the end, even though he you know teed off like an hour and a half before the leaders. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Loved every second of watching that. So shout out Justin Rose and Justin Rose, as most of whoever's listening to this podcast knows, is not my favorite golfer, but <laughs> I, I root for 59s. If someone's got a chance to shoot 59, I'm sure. Um, especially on a Sunday, you gotta love it. But yeah, but then getting into the final group, I mean, I was really impressed with Tony Finau. Tony Finau, he was never really in it, I would say, just because Rory hit some awesome wedges, some awesome approach shots coming down that back nine. I mean, and also something crazy that I didn't know, Rory has never shot 29. Yeah, that's surprising. Until last week or this past week. So the fact that he shot 29 and Justin Thomas tied him, Justin Thomas makes six in a row and like nine, I mean, not on the front nine, but like through like the middle of the stretch of the golf course, he shoots 29. They ties two back. I mean, it was body blow after body blow after body blow. I mean, it was, it was truly one of like the most entertaining finishing nine holes that I've watched. I mean, I was glued to the TV. I could not leave. And I was supposed to go play golf. And I said, fuck it. I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super bummed. Like, I feel like I've been, uh, you know, catching most of the, the end of the golf um, the last several weeks. And it just happened that I was finishing up the uh, the goat invitational yep. and uh, back on the road on the way home uh, from southwestern Virginia. And I missed every second of it. So I'm kind of bummed. But at the same time, I'm glad that the tour had such an awesome finish because I do think, uh, you know, and obviously we'll get to live, but I think it's cool to kind of see Rory and JT rally together at the end there. what they say at the end? Like, let's do this again next week. That was great. You know, something like that. Um, it's exactly what they said. They yeah. said, Hey, I can't wait. I want you and me to be at the same thing next week. And again, I think that was a little bit of a poke and we're not even talking about Rory's comments. The big which, poke. The big poke. Which the was, big poke. The big poke, which was the shark uh, poke. Shark I poke. made, I, you know, it was like I'd now won 21 events and somebody else has 20. And he was alluding to Greg Norman having 20. And so he was definitely, Savage. 
big poke at that, which I savage. Love. I I mean, look, say what you want about the live. I get it. You know, I I have reservations as well. It's just it's. I I think that's just the way the go, the way the golf is going now, and that it's just kind of you have to like live with it at this point. Live with it at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know. With the money involved, it seems inevitable that we are going to have a fractured system. But I heard, you know, where we do have stars on on two different sides. Um, but I heard some interesting commentary on that to make it sound not so bad. Um, I, I'm not familiar with. I don't follow soccer, but apparently, you know, soccer is split up in a way that a lot of the best players in the world do not even play in the same league. Um, another good comparison I heard was, you know, golf hasn't even been um, so PJ Tour dominant for that long. You know, if you that's remember in the, in, in the 90s when in, in the 90s when the Europeans were kicking our ass in the Ryder Cup and they had like five of the top six or seven in the world in Europe, the European Tour, you know, on paper was actually better than than the PJ Tour. So it hasn't been that long since we've had uh, a more of a a fractured i don't mean fractured necessarily in a bad way but a a a setup where you've got um guys split you know the best players in the world split on two different tours um obviously this kind of this kind of really does put the european tour in the back seat but um you know hey we could have a a great you know i just don't want to see the flood you know the floodgates really open to where the pj tour is seriously weakened but if they keep guys like Rory and JT and Spieth, like it feels like they will, and Scotty Scheffler yeah. and Sam Burns. You know, as long as they can keep the the Morikawa. I mean, if they can keep a lot of their horses and just lose a few guys, like the DJs of the world and and Bryson, um, and uh, fucking who Pat Perez just went, Patrick Reed. Um, <laughs> did Patrick Reed go? Yeah, he did. I thought I thought that was definite. If if, if it's not if it's not, it's been heavily heavily rumored. Oh, what a dickhead! Um, um, but, but even like before we get any any more to live, I want to go like way back. Let's go back to like the sixties and seventies. I mean, if you think about like where the PGA Tour actually came from, the PGA Tour wasn't a thing for a very long time, and it used to be just like PGA professionals. That's what the professional golf was. It was guys that were teaching golf. And that just like on the weekends or on off weeks, they would just go and play some events like back in the Sam Snead days. So mm-hmm. like when I, I'm, I, I hate to get this wrong, but if I'm wrong, then I apologize. But I'm pretty sure it was like Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, some of those guys that actually like made the switch to be like, look, I understand that there's these amazing PGA professionals. If you read uh, Butch Harmon's last book, he talks about like the, the, the last pro, which was his dad. It's kind of like the end of an era, which was like the guys that, you know, that actually taught golf that were actually playing at the same time. I think that was kind of the end of an era there. But then at that point in time, it was it was called something else. It wasn't the PGA Tour. Well, it was it, they, you're right. And there was no I, I have the history on this pretty, pretty yeah. well. So there was no actually real name for it, but it was the PGA yeah. of America basically, you know, organized professional golf in a sense to where there were touring pros and there were club professionals, but it was all under the PGA of America. Right. And it was 1968 that Jack and Arnie right. kind of led the charge to create a tour. And then they kind of fumbled around with a few different iterations of it and names and things like that. And then the name PJ tour didn't actually come into existence until 1975. 
Correct. Uh, which isn't nearly as far back as, as some people would think. So, I mean, um, when you hear about when you hear, I always think it's funny when they say like Sam Snead has 82 PJ tour wins. The, 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 those were that, that figure was cobbled together way, you know, way before there was a true tour that existed. Some of Sam Snead's 82 wins include exhibitions against four guys and like <laughs> exactly. 16 man match play tournaments. Yeah, so, so like, I, mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like, I feel like it's always golf is kind of like repeating itself. Like now it's like, look, we had the best players in the PGA tour. It's PGA tour. Now a secondary tour is, has more money. I know it's not coming from a great place, but it's the same thing. It's like the guys are going where the money is. And when the PGA tour is created away from what the PGA, the PGA had created, the money was bigger and the guys are going to chase the money. What is, what is, professional golf if it's not for trophies and money it's that's what it is it, you, you go there well, uh, i mean if you're well, some guy, golfer, well i mean look at rory and jt's comments and 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 spieth and you know there's a combination there where they say look yeah of course that of course they're not gonna you know of course they do it for the money as part of it certainly they make millions of dollars and i'm sure they're glad to see this Wad Wednesday hits <laughs> come in uh, Wednesday, after a maybe. big weekend. Um, but but they're saying there's more of a balance there where they're they are playing for legacy and for history. Um and and then you know, and that money they've sort of made it clear that uh they can't be bought to this to this point. Now I I will ca- caveat that with I don't want to say that Justin Thomas will never go to live. I mean I mean, we, we can't say what will change in the next two, three, four, five years. But at this point, it seems some guys have planted that flag and said, I want to be a part of the PJ Tour because this is where our history is. This is what we always grew up wanting to and, be. And the other thing is like the World Golf Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to represent live in that sort of sense. Majors, yeah. eligibility for majors and Ryder Cup is, is in flux. It's up in the air right now. So they've they've basically said, Hey, you could throw you could throw me two hundred, three hundred million dollars. I don't care. I already make a, a hell of a living, and and I'm here to make history. Correct. I completely agree. I I think it's we're definitely seeing seeing sorry seeing a tide shift in professional golf where it's like you know, and you know honestly I'm a little disappointed to see some guys like like Pat Perez like he is he's actually been like very outspoken in years past about you know, hey, look, the PGA Tour is a, a ton for us. And and his big point was the Champions Tour. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost like a like a locked-in, I don't know, pension plan. Like yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, look, we don't have to play in the PGA Tour anymore, but, like, if you have enough points, you get to go play the Champions Tour where you make, again, millions and millions of dollars. If you play well, like you see Bernard Langer the last few years. So, like, I'm a little disappointed to see guys that like kind of had like a steadfast, Hey, look, like I support this. And they're kind of like going back on it. Like, but I, I also get it. Like, look, $160,000 for coming in last place in a 48 man event. Like I, I, I don't really understand how you can pass that up. I, I know where the bunny's coming from a bad place. We've already talked about that to nauseum, but I just, it's, it's tough for me to like, fault the guys for chasing that bag it's 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 tough i don't know it's, sure 
Everybody's so, situation yeah. is different. I mean, you look at the guys like Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter, like they see the writing on the wall, like their careers are in the final stages and they were only going to make but so much more money in their last few years playing PJ tour golf and then champions tour. If they even wanted to do that grind, um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of guys, Dustin Johnson being a grind. they are in, they're in carts. They play 54 holes. It's, like, no, very I would just, similar to mm, the no, no, I'll disagree. Um, I'll disagree because of some interviews I've heard of Champions Tour players where they actually, I've actually, it's funny you say that because I've heard guys say like, I thought I was going to get out here and we'd be having, who was it that was talking about that? Layman, I think, was saying, I thought I was going to get on Champions Tour and, you know, guys would be going out to dinner, having wine. It would be more socially said, no, man, these guys are grinding because a lot of Champions Tour players, the Stephen Alkers of the world and the, yeah. um, you know, the Ke- Ke- Kevin, what's his name? Uh, anyway. There's a lot of guys out there that maybe weren't stars and weren't that financially well off that are grinding their ass off on that tour to really make a living now post 50 years old. So it's it's um, I, I know what you're saying, but actually the, the champion store is a grind. And a lot of guys like Dustin Johnson would be a perfect example. He's been very clear that by I mean, he's been saying this for five, six years by his mid 40s. He wants to retire. He wants to hang out with his kids. He wants to have a life again. He doesn't want to be on the road. You know, not everybody wants to be on the road till they're 60 or 65 playing the Champions Tour, playing the Price Cutter Championship or the Cologuard Box <laughs> Classic. Like, I mean, not a lot of those guys don't want to do that. And, and um, you know, and, and you can't blame them. You know, they, they've been living on the road their whole lives. So that's that's where, you know, I can certainly see a guy like, like Lee Westwood or Ian Poulter or, or even Louie Oosthuizen. I mean, you know, they're, they're taking, they're taking advantage of a, of a situation at the end of their career. And, you know, I, I understand it, but like you said, obviously we've alluded to the, the controversy behind it. It's a shame because if this was like, let's say everything that's happening with live right now was the PGL and it was just these wealthy British investors, I'd be all for it. I'd be, I'd be so excited about what's happening. And I'd be like, Hey, this is great. Like we got, you know, this cool new team format over here. That's paying guys a tons of money, you know, the PGL let's go. And then over here, you got, you know, the PJ tour where you get your, your history and your legacy and tournaments and the courses we're used to. Uh, But unfortunately I'm never going to be, I'm not going to let the Saudis win in terms of like, I'm never going to be a fan of live. I will watch it. I will consume it. I will, follow what's going on because that's part of what we do i mean we follow golf and it, yeah. it's, it's it's just hard to ignore but like i'm never gonna forget where that money came from i'm not gonna you know let it change my opinion about that country um some people might say well if you you know if you're watching it you're supporting it you know i mean i think that's wrong i think that's wrong i don't i don't think that I, I don't know. I mean, like, look, it's it's golf is golf. And if you want if you're a big fan of golf and you want to watch the best players in the world, like you said, like now it's come with somewhat separated like now. And, and that's kind of the, the shitty part about it is like the best players in the world are not playing the exact same place. But if you want to watch the best players in the world, now you've somewhat have to go here and there. You have to go, yeah. in, which which stinks. And that and that is the to me, that's the biggest downfall of the live is that it's separating the best players in the world from each other. And that's, and like, that's where I have the biggest issue. Well, I shouldn't say biggest issue because I have a large issue. <laughs> from. But, uh, but again, I'm trying not to make that. Yeah. 
a you know a big you know piece of my opinion. Well, let's um, yeah. Let's. I mean, we've like you said, we've talked about that. Everybody's heard a million takes. Like, what did you let's, think about the tour this week? Yeah, I mean, so let's actually talk about the London Invitational, the first ever live event. It was really bizarre to actually you know hop on YouTube and see this thing come to life, uh, albeit on YouTube. It, it's it's you know. Before Obviously. we say anything else, I just want to say the the production value of what I thought we were going to get and what we actually got was way higher. I thought it was going to be some bullshit where, like, you know, we didn't really see every shot like that mattered and stuff. But, like, they did a decent job of showing, like, you know, what mattered. Yeah. Whether it was DJ that was five shots or seven shots back starting the day, you know, I mean, I just, and he hits it, you know, a, a nine or fucking eight iron or whatever to like 10 feet to start the day. Like, you know, it was just, it was interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I would say, yeah. So I would say um, a couple, uh, well, I have a few points on that. And uh, one being, yes, for the most part, I was surprised. And, and I've heard a lot of pundits say they were surprised at the quality of the production value. Uh, one thing they really have going for them with the shotgun start format um, and this tight four hour, four and a half hour window with no commercials, which let's not forget the reason they don't have commercials is they don't have corporate sponsors because of where the money's coming from. So don't forget that fact. Correct. But, um, you know, they, they did manage the, uh, you know, the action very well from a production standpoint. We were hopping from shot to shot to shot. Oftentimes the PJ tour, um, you know, for one thing, you're, you know, it's getting broken up into these long commercial segments. And then it seems like they spend a lot of time on a guy lining up, looking at his green book until this year, you know, pacing around the green. They're, they're trying to come up with something to say. He's talking to his caddy. It's like, oh, my God, we've been watching this guy line up his putt for two minutes. There was none of that on yeah, the list. They went bang, bang, bang. And also, I will say one other thing is that, like, look, I love the PGA Tour. I love their production. Like, I'll watch it. I watch it every Saturday, Sunday. I try and watch Thursday, Friday. There's this little thing that I wish the PGA Tour didn't do, which they do these interviews with the, these corporate sponsors where it, it takes, you know, 15, not 15 minutes, like maybe five, 10 minutes where it's just like they're sitting there talking to Jim Nance. I'm like, look, man, like, I <laughs> I love it. Like, it's great. I'm glad that you're a sponsor, but shut the fuck up. Let's get back to golf. It's like, painful. Those interviews painful. are always painful. They always and sound we the didn't same. have that on the live coverage. Like it was yeah. just pure golf, which I appreciate. I really do. I like, I appreciate the fact that the live golf tour gives 98% of their coverage to we are watching golf and I, but Tom, but Tom, don't forget why that's possible. That guy, the CEO of rocket mortgage gets those five minutes of dollars and they're because, so much to charity. I right. understand. I get it. Yeah. So and, just and, don't forget. I get what you're saying. I agree with you. It's much cooler to, for the focus to be all on the golf. Correct. But and don't forget why that's possible is correct. all I would say. And I know that's, that's coming directly from me as a consumer of like, I want to watch golf. I don't want to watch some guy that I don't know who he is. I'm sorry that I don't know who the, CEO of Zurich is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. And I don't really care. I just want to watch somebody putt or somebody hit a shot. Like I get that. Right. But it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah, whatever. And also, I'm sick of those fucking team names. The fireballs. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Are you shitting me? The fireballs. 
Are so you, that's what? To, to that point, like it's some of the stuff I wanted to get into was, uh, you know, they've done some things really well. And then like some things that seem complex, they've done really, really well. And I'm like, wow, that's impressive that they pull this off. And then other things I'm like, are you kidding me? Like the word art looking logos and the team names. And um, so it's weird. Like, it seems like they got some of the hard stuff right and some of the easy stuff wrong. I mean, um, another thing that was just driving me nuts uh, as far as, you know, we talked about on a positive note, I thought they did an incredible job covering the golf from a shot to shot standpoint. But one thing that the leaderboard, I thought the leaderboard on the left side, I did like the interactive feel of it where it was sliding up and down too. showing you. Who I love that. But, I, I but, there was, but there was two huge issues I had with it. The main one being that they were only yes. showing the first initial and then the first, like the first initial of their first name and the three first initials of their, or the first three letters of their last name. When we don't know who half these guys are, and, I'm yeah, like, yeah. who is B dot, you know, R O S. I don't know who that is. You know, like, I mean, it's just like, I thought that was so, and what's so weird about that, right. Is what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I don't know how you miss that. Like, how does nobody from live golf look at that and go, you know what this leaderboard, uh, <laughs> I don't know who any of these guys are. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. And then also then they would like switch between like the team and then like the individuals. And then you could never actually see like the bottom, like, I don't know. I well, just, well, my next, my next biggest issue was, and, and, you know, forgive me if I miss it, but a, I never really heard them and I didn't watch all of it, but man, I watched the first like hour and I never heard them tell us what the team format was. We know it's four guys, but like it's two. Is it best yeah. two or best, is it best three two. is the best four. It is I best never, two. I never heard that. They never yeah. put that on the leaderboard. They never, they, you know, they kept doing the sliding scale thing, but I never saw them actually show us who was leading the team format until the end. Um, I don't know. I, th- Point being, they did some things really well, um, but other things seemed like, oh. and you know, I mean, it was week one. It was week one. It was week one. And um, the other thing is, like, I think that they've given themselves enough time in between events. Like, obviously, it's it's eight events, so I mean, yeah, and they've got like they've got almost a month before they've the next got event. time to like figure out the bugs and whatever of of their production shit. So, you know, I I think a couple. That, yeah. I, I I know. I, I think that like when we move forward, we'll be able to see like the production value like kind of go up. But again, I like I just it it it's hard to like let's uh like let, there's yeah. another couple of things, uh just talking about the team aspect of it. A couple of big misses in my mind on on how this thing's working. I mean, you know. That the teams are going to change. The teams are going to change every week. Um, they're going to redraft. They're going to redraft know how you, every week? I didn't yeah. even know. And, and, of course, new guys are coming in, right? So that means some guys are getting kicked out. Um, I don't know what that means for a guy like uh, – and I'm not saying this like to be funny. I just I don't know what that means for Andy Ogletree, who finished dead last. Dude, like, like he's, he's obviously like the D player of this entire group now by finishing last and already being one of the low, probably the one of the lowest ranked players out there. Um, so what is that? Did Andy Ogletree just like 
take his signing bonuses and his $120,000 for last place or $180,000 for last place. And like, did he just sign away his life? And if he doesn't get picked up by a team again, like he's just, he has nowhere to play now. Yeah. So I, I had the exact same thought and I just, I just, I, I really don't know. I don't know. And I've, I've tried to look some shit up about it, but like, again, like the live just like, doesn't really put out a bunch of stuff. doesn't put out like a bunch of, so like it's yeah i think that we're gonna find that out like the next event like who's in who's out because obviously it's 48 person field and we've already had what four guys yeah last week say like yeah we're going like pat perez um you know dechambeau I'm pr- yeah i mean i would i'd be i i, I would think that bryson or no uh brooks kepka is gonna go just because mm. brother's there and also I think that there's going to be a mad influx of guys going to live after this U.S. Open because I think that a lot of guys didn't exactly know what was going to happen with the majors. And so now that like it's somewhat clear that the the majors are going to work independently from the PGA Tour, they're not going to like. So, like, I think the guys that are at the top of the golf world are going to see that and be like, okay, well. And then the other thing is like the world. I I I would caveat that the USGA was very particular with their words. I do not think they have ruled out disallowing these players, but what they said was the field was set. The criteria was set before live took place. So right. it would be unfair to now take away their spot. Dustin Johnson also said that he talked to the, the masters people and was like, look, if you're a past masters champion, you're never not going to be allowed to play. So if, well, on, on health, it's not allowed to play. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying like, no, there, I know there, there are some, there are some yeah. very specific, Stop. No, I get it. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I'm just saying, I don't think it's a, a done deal that the U.S. shit, like Mike Juan was very careful with his words and he definitely left the door open for um, not allowing the players next year. He just basically said, like, the field was already set. I'm not going to take their spot away. Did you catch um, Jay Monahan's comments during the coverage at all? I did not. I heard. Uh, I heard it was mainly just the the, the talking points that we mostly got from the correct memo. Yeah. Also said a quote that I was like, it kind of hit me like kind of hard. It was like, look, has any PGA Tour player ever had to apologize mm-hmm. to being on the PGA Tour? Yeah, and that that honestly, like I had never thought of it that way. But he's right. Like he's so right. And it's just because then they went into like the whole, there was a group of like 9-11, um, like survivor, like people that like lost people in 9-11. And they were, you know, they sent letters to Ian Poulter, Justin Tom, or not Justin Thomas, sorry, Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson. And they're like, I can't believe that you just portrayed your country like this way, which like half of me like completely fucking agrees with. But then the other half is like, come on, guys. It's a little, it's a little different than that. I, I, I don't know, but also I might just be completely out of bounds with what I just said, but I don't know. It's, You're not out of bounds. I mean, uh, Justin Thomas said it perfectly when he said, look, he said, um, I disagree with what Dustin Johnson did by going to live. He said, but that doesn't make him a bad guy. That doesn't yeah, mean right. I'm not still friends with him. He said, I just disagree with, with, with their decision, but also, everything that we have to say, which I thought was really well said was really yeah. well said. And like you said, it, like, I think a week ago, but like everything that we are saying about the live is not directed towards the players that are playing on the live. It's more directed towards the people that are 
supporting the live monetarily and like that kind of thing. Like I, I have no beef with Dustin Johnson doing what he did. Cause look, he gets to go play eight weeks a year, or I, I guess 12 weeks a year, if you include the majors and he makes, you know, oodles and oodles and oodles of money and he gets more time with his family. And, and he said like, look, the whole reason that I went there was because of uh, a personal decision with the best of my, what was best for my family. So I get that, but it's just, it's such a fine line and it's just such a, it's a weird situation that now us golf fans are in now because you don't know what you want to support. You don't, you don't really know what you want to endorse. Like, it's just, it's a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, um, it's a weird, it's a weird world. world it's a weird time. The weird world we live in right now, Rosie. It's a weird but we're world. We're on to uh, we're on to US Open week and uh, check out the roundtable discussion where we uh, we talked to Dustin Groves, our new picks guy, and um, look forward to that going forward. We're gonna have picks every week during our recap and our preview for the following week. So, yeah, let's enjoy the US Open and check out the roundtable for our discussion on the Country Club and who we like at Brookline. Phil Mickelson's gonna miss the cut. See you, boys. Definitely. Cheers. Thank you.